0: Hi, I'm Joseph McClendon III, and welcome to the Cure for the Common Life podcast. Listen, you know as well as I do that motivation, empowerment, and inspirational stories, they're all well and good, but that's not what keeps us going. That's not what's going to change your life, and that's not what's going to move the needle in your health, your wealth, your happiness, your abundance, or your ability to be able to help other people and make a difference. What keeps us going, what produces results in our lives is activity, not action, activity. And when you can get yourself past the things that stop you and hold you back, that's when you'll thrive, and that's when you'll crush it. And I humbly offer you these tools and strategies to kick your own ass and make the changes so that you can thrive. But most of all, I'm going to give you something every single time that you can do to create a change in yourself. Life is exactly what you dare to make it, and fortune favors the bold, baby. So if you're ready, let's bold. Well, everybody, welcome back. Welcome to The Cure for the Common Life. This is Joseph McClendon III, and I am super, super excited. As usual, I bring you the best of the best, and today is absolutely uh, one, of those, one of those times, and I'm super excited about it because this young man, and I say young man, you'll understand why I say that here in just a second. Uh, I first heard about him through friends of mine, And it's been kind of buzz around, you know, in in the community and people that I run with about this guy who helps people stay young, to say the least. And I and are we connected? And we did a podcast together and I asked my team if, if I. They would hook us up, so we'd do it here as well. So let me share with you a little bit about him, and then you'll find a deeper bio uh, in the comments below here. But uh, Dr. Ken Vu, he's one of the most sought-after anti-aging physicians in the industry, and he has a longevity clinic, and it's a performance clinic, and he regularly works with celebrities and top corporate executives and high-functioning professionals that optimize their health and performance and their vitality, and he's also a health media personality. He's appeared on shows like The Doctors and Access Hollywood and the list goes on and on. And he's also, and by the way, I want to say this. I I love working with wickedly smart people, but I especially love working with wickedly smart people who not only walk their talk, but they spread the wealth. And he is—he helps train a generation, a new generation of physicians and assistants as a professor of the health and sciences at UCLA, my old alma mater, if you will. and uh, as someone, he's also, I say, walks his talk, he's overcome two different chronic diseases himself. And Dr. Vu is, he's passionate about empowering people to reclaim their health and live a fulfilled, abundant life. Dr. Vu, welcome to Cure for the Common Life. It is great to be here with you and your
1: audience. And thank you for that warm introduction.
0: I mean it. I mean it. I, you know, when you and I spoke before, I was prepared to have my mind blown uh, as I, I want to get everybody to have their mind prepared to have their minds blown as well. But uh, you are that I, I, I commend you on not only what you done, what you do and what you've done, but your continued work to help other people bring them to the next level as well. And before we get started, if I'm not mistaken, Either you just had your first child or he or she is knocking on the door. She is knocking on the door.
1: Uh, we're going to have her induced in a week if she doesn't come up, come out already. Uh, but she'll be here very, very shortly.
0: Wow. You know, and I, I highly recommend that inducement part because you know exactly that. My son, uh, he was he was four days uh, late from his um is scheduled to do time and we did induce yeah. as well. And so uh, you'll know exactly when she shows up. So congratulations in advance on that. Thanks so much, I'm, I'm glowing. Yeah, I know you are, man. And this is your
1: first, correct? This is my first, but I was so gifted to actually have a bonus daughter. So I, I met my partner actually at a Tony Robbins event. It was actually at the end of the event at the airport about a year and a half ago. And then with COVID, with everything hit, her and her daughter moved in with me last year, and uh, it's been it's
0: been a complete blessing to be a bonus dad, and now to be a dad myself. Oh, that's fantastic! Well, listen, without further ado, share with us a little bit about your background and what makes you such a badass at this longevity stuff.
1: Well, a little story about me. Um, you know, I would have to go back a little while ago because I was born in Vietnam. Uh, a couple years after the Vietnam War, and you know our our parents escaped by boat with me as an infant on the boat. So I was a couple months old when I was on this boat. The boat was packed with two thousand refugees, uh-huh. um, and I was the only infant who survived. We were on the boat docked in the Philippine uh, um, dock in the in Mal- Manila Bay in the Philippines for eight months, no. and then on the boat. Group- on the boat itself, I, I should show you pictures, Joseph. I mean, we were packed like sardines. There was no room for me to move. And uh, my parents said that I entered the boat and I left the boat as a growing infant who was supposed to be growing the same size. Wow. And I nearly died on that boat. Yeah. Uh, three months in a Philippine refugee camp. And then then we come to America. And you would think that as a kid growing up, uh, surviving dysentery and being the only infant to have survived, I would be very grateful. But- that wasn't the case for me, you know. I looked at TV, I looked at the people around me. I didn't see stories that looked like mine.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: um, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a lot of feelings of not being enough, not American enough, not that rich enough, not tall enough. All these not enoughness I, I felt and I carried with me, um, and I thought, you know, I wanted, you know, I thought I wanted to be an actor, be able to speak, or or, or have, you know, some presence and impact and influence. But I didn't see anybody like me. And then no. my mom gave me three choices. You could be a doctor, an MD, or a physician. And so <laughs> and so, so I went to medical school and yeah. <laughs> you know, I used this white coat. I use that white coat to actually cover up that not enoughness I had inside. Mm -hmm. But what was I trained in? I was trained in something called interventional radiology, which is actually a medical specialty that uses medical imaging to, um, diagnose and to treat disease. So I became very, very good at diagnosing a lot of diseases as well as treating diseases using medical imaging. Well, you know, I became a doctor, very well known for this. I was traveling around around the world talking about my specialty, uh, bought the fancy house, bought the fancy car, more of these external things that I used to kind of, you know, uh, act, you know, alongside my white coat. Right. Mm-hmm. But four years ago, I became overweight, diabetic, hypertensive. I was on prescription medicines myself. And I said, wow, I am beginning to get the beginning stages of the diseases I was treating, exactly. and how how could I live, at, you know, with myself? And and I felt like an imposter talking to patients because I was getting disease. And here was the other thing that I didn't really understand at the time, you know, I went through medical school, and there's so many good things that have come out of traditional medical care, including you know vaccines, including antibiotics. Yeah. But I did not learn actually how to be healthy. You know, in fact, you know, medical school is one of the most rigorous things that uh, that someone can go through. All the stress, the poor eating, and you don't learn the nutrition and all these things that are necessary. Oh,
0: don't, so, get don't get dude.
1: Don't. Yeah, it. I know, I know. So when I when I was diag- you know, was given the diagnoses, I really had to take a step back and say, am I am I going to continue on this route? And the way we're treating these chronic diseases is just more pills. I said, there's got to be a better way. And I basically did a lot of additional training alongside of my traditional path, which was study epigenetics, study nutrition, study, uh, you know, plant medicines and gone on plant medicine journeys. Uh, I've done a lot of personal development. In fact, some of the work that we did a few years ago, just just learning about you learning about Tony were, were things that I incorporated to help with my healing. And it was really a compilation of these, um, you know, parallel medicine that I've learned that I was able to reverse my diseases very, very quickly in four to six months, no longer diabetic, no longer hypertensive, no longer had to take prescription medicines, but I started to feel better. I'm fitter. And I, you know, a lot of people tell me I look younger uh, than I did before I started. And so that's what put me on the journey. And this is what I started to understand is that, you know, chronic disease is the, probably the biggest problem we face in healthcare today and and the problem with that is on the flip side of chronic disease on the flip side of that is actually abundant health is actually peak performance and is actually longevity is it's the other side of the coin and we're going to get into this a little bit more but what really makes that flip? How do how does a cell decide you know, whether it's going to go in the pathway of chronic disease or whether it goes in the pathway of longevity, abundant health, and performance? All that starts with us and our choices.
0: That is spectacular. Uh, a couple of things, and, and I love that you went all the way down to the cells because and, and them making the decision. Obviously, what we put yeah. in our bodies, how we think and how we move and all those things um, are, are contributors and huge contributors to that. But what makes that cell make that decision to go step on this side of a line or on one side is beautiful. And I said this earlier, and I, I I commend you and anybody that not only helps themselves change themselves but actually goes on that journey and that path to help everybody else. And I relate to you in a couple of things that you're saying with regard to that imposter syndrome. Yes, uh, I lived that for a long time, and 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 truth be told, I actually went through a bout of it about uh, maybe a year ago. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that was, I was doing television show and all of the other positions that were on the show had pedigrees and amazing um, uh, uh, Ivy League backgrounds. And mine isn't. I I started in junior college and went through and I remember feeling myself, well, gosh, you know, uh, I'm not as, and I thought, wait a minute, (laughs) hold up. And I, and I recognize that. And so I, I relate to you on that. And I also relate to you on, um, Uh, being in this country and not feeling and not seeing somebody like yourself
1: yeah you know not
0: seeing somebody like yourself well share with us a little bit because everybody wants to be young and everybody wants to look young and everybody wants to feel young um and there's something that we shared we talked about before and you mentioned it a second ago and that is epigenetics and i love your definition and the examples you use as well share with us what that is and how that uh, fits into our longevity these days
1: Okay. So epigenetics is a fascinating field. It's been, you know, you know, coming up, you know, the last 10 to 20 years and epigenetics is, you know, empowers us because it puts the onus on our health, our performance and longevity back on us. So what exactly is it? Well, we've got our genes, our, our genetics. Okay. Those are basically the base pairs that make up the double helix of our DNA, A, T, C, G. So that's, That's uh, something that then is passed down to, um, you know, basically mom has half the set of your genes and so does dad. And they go together and they form you. That is your genetics. Now, here's the thing though. Uh, One would say that if that was the case, then your genes will make up, you know, your personality. Your genes will make up basically whether or not you get disease. All these things are inherited. Um, But that does not seem to be the case. And that is... Now, something in the field of epigenetics that we understand is what's going on epi, which means above genetics, above the genes. So basically how our cells behave is actually, you know, uh, how these genes are turned on or turn off. So you're going to inherit a full set of genes from, from your parents, but how our cells behave is not determined by, you know, these inherited traits, but actually how this DNA interacts with the envir- with its environment on a moment by moment basis. So let's just say you've got a, a, a pair of twins a you know a and b a pair of twins they've got identical genes well you know say one you know one person you know eats very healthy does not you know have a toxic environment you know is feeling good and emotionally good all the time he has a different Um, It's it's he's giving signals to his genes very differently than person B. If he was smoking, if he was you know indulging in emotions of anger, hate, and all these things, they're giving different signals. And here's the concept I want people to understand: I talk about it in my book Thrive State, which is the bioenergetic state. This is the energetic or epigenetic environment we give ourselves by the things that we do, our sleep. Nutrition, movement, stress and emotional mastery, our relationships, our sense of purpose, our thoughts and emotions all actually give this energetic environment for ourselves. And it is that it is that thing that then interacts with our DNA, which tells ourselves how to behave. So that is the amazing thing. This means that you and I, based on our conscious thoughts and choices and the actions that we take, therefore – will ultimately determine whether or not we get disease or whether or not we can actually thrive live a long time and have the ultimate performance that we want to as human beings we want to share our gifts with the world i want people to share their gifts with the world that's why i do what i do
0: fantastic and and i love that because that's saying again what you said before the onus is on us but share with us a little bit about how that gets passed down uh, through from generation to generation. In other words, oh, it makes yes. us predisposed to maybe think a certain way or to behave a certain way.
1: This is a great question with epigenetics. So we know that our genes gets passed down. We said that epigenetics are our experiences, right? Our choices, all these things, actually they act like little tags on our DNA. So based on the our different experiences, how we experience the world, whether or not we, we, we think of something as traumatic, they, they actually form little molecular tags in our DNA, telling it how to act.
0: Yeah, and now it passes along into the offspring, the gene. Yes, offspring.
1: so here is a great experiment that I want people to, uh, to hear about. It's an experiment on rats, and it's a very famous epigenetic experiment. And what they did was the following. They took these male rats and what they would do is they would expose the male rats to the scent of cherries and at the same time they would shock their foot now you know this, this is not a humane experiment yeah, but you know, they would I- they would shock the foot and basically the male rat you know this male rat will get the scent the smell of the scent of cherries and they would shock their foot well pretty soon yeah exactly pretty soon you know what happens well the smell of cherries these male rats would be really freaked out right here's the interesting thing these male rats then had offspring, okay, that never was exposed to the shock. And in that situation, when those offspring that never got exposed to the shock smelled the scent of cherries, they would shiver in fear as well. And this all this experiment was carried down to the you know to the grandkids of that male rat. So imagine this: this traumatic experience, um, you know, got into the way that the genes was actually tagged and that got sent down to the offspring.
0: Yeah, That's explain, yeah. explain how uh, you, you, uh, you describe that as being a survival mechanism uh, yes. that it has handed down because the, uh, the saber tooth tiger, uh, if, if the offspring didn't receive that type of signal about the saber tooth tiger, he was gonna get eaten and therefore he didn't get, his genes didn't get passed on.
1: Yes, so um, we, we pick these things up these epigenetic traits, they, they get locked into us, particularly when we have a strong emotional response. And this is a survival mechanism from things that are happening in our environment, right? So if we learn something, say, for example, um, there's a saber tooth tiger out there at, you know, you know, in, in a green forest, and you happen to see green forest, we're thinking saber tooth tiger, right? This is something that, um, Our bodies are using to protect us. Hey, within our offspring, if we happen to see this, you know, the green forest, maybe there's a saber-toothed tiger there and it's going to protect me from making that mistake that, you know, maybe granddad or grandma made. The unfortunate thing, though, is sometimes, sometimes uh, the thing that's there that, you know, that is meant to protect us is not there anymore and is not real and that's something that we have to be, become aware of ourselves to enable that healing, so that we don't pass that pain yes. or that fear onto the next generation.
0: Interpersonal development and self-growth at this place, because those fears are, most of them are not real, and even if they are, they don't. We're not meant to dwell on them. We're meant to do something about them, and that is that is spectacular. I actually. Uh, that experiment that you were talking about with the cherries was duplicated, and they went down. Uh, they did it with vanilla, uh, mm-hmm. and and it went down ten generations into those rats. Ten generations that they that they still had. And I liken it to you know I talk a lot about you know being African American in uh, yes in this country. Uh, I, I talk about that being in us to a certain extent because our our ancestors were beaten. Tortured, murdered, and taught to believe the worst about ourselves. And that got handed down generationally to us who we are right now. And proof of that is that that uh, black baby doll experiment where you see that they show that children, black children, babies from three to five years old, they show them a white baby doll and they show them a black baby doll and they ask which one is wrong, bad, and ugly. And all of them point to the black baby doll. They saw which one is good, bright, and pretty. But it was not only in the black children, it was in the white children as well. So it goes across. Well, share with us a little bit, because tell tell a little bit about your book, uh, Thrive State, because I know that is kicking ass as well. And, and, um, uh, you know, some things that maybe because I always one of my promises to anybody that listens to me is I want to give them something that they can do, even if it is to read your book and maybe get some of the insights from there. But if there's something you could share with everybody with regard to how to start taking care of themselves and moving themselves along that route.
1: Yeah. So in in my book, Thrive State, I bring up the concept of the bioenergetic state, which we just discussed. And basically, it's this energetic environment of ourselves. And if we master that environment, we could tell we could actually give ourselves the right signals to, you know, live a long time, to have that longevity that we desire, but also puts us in states of peak performance, now, I want people to know that there are basically seven areas, you know, in my research, seven areas that you and I can both control that actually make up the bio most of our bioenergetic state. And that's sleep, nutrition, movement, and exercise, our stress and emotional mastery, relationships, our thoughts and our mindset, and then our sense of purpose. So if you feel like there are symptoms in your life. And things are not aligned. Look at those seven things. Look at seven those seven things, and ask yourself where you are in each one of those areas. Um, and so, and here's the thing: you know, you ask how to start. Well, this is all just is building habits of who we are as people. We are who we are energetically, from a from a health standpoint, from a success standpoint, based on the constant actions that we take every day or our habits. Now, the best way to install a habit is to install something that is not so hard to do. So of the seven things, if you know that there is an easy thing that you can do to improve your sleep, and that is the lowest resistance, meaning the easiest thing to perform, do those things first. And you do a bunch of easy things. And what happens is this, Um, the theory of the bioenergetic state is this too, every action that goes into our body energetically changes us. So as we install new good habits energetically, you know, it makes it easier to take on other things. Next thing, yes. Uh So you take on one easy habit, you're going to build energetic momentum to to take on all these other things. And the great part, again, is this, all those seven things are free. All those seven things are in your disposal. So if you want to prevent disease, and I I really feel so passionate about this because I really feel if if people truly understood their power to, you know, uh, direct their health we would not have the chronic disease you no know statistics doubt. that we have no today
0: doubt. no doubt and uh, you know i would also add to that is um do I, I love that concept of doing the simplest things first but I would also and I would also add to it praise yourself you know yes. dance like crazy uh, give yourself some sort of reward when you do those simple things because that uh, gives you new neuro associations and gets your brain going hey well I can do something else and build off of our success that yeah. is great because the biology of a habit is this there's three parts that I just want to
1: share with people you know Everything that we do is based off of the way our brain is 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 um, is tied together and networked, right? And we form formations in our brain because we feared something. You know, there, there was some there was some negative impulse. And then our bodies try to avoid that, or it runs after pleasure, right? So the biology of the habit is this, there's some kind of stimulus that, that makes us want to go into the a behavior. The second thing is the behavior itself or that response. And the last thing is some kind of reward that gives us a dopamine thing. So if we want to install something quicker, even when we do the silliest things, if if we could celebrate, we're creating dopamine in our body down, to yeah. lay down a new tract. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, the thing that you want to do, make sure you celebrate along the way.
0: And it literally is. I, I look at it like there are two things. Number one, it's literally a physical formation inside your brain of yes. neural associations, and your brain always goes when any stimulus happens. Your brain goes, okay what happened just before that stimulus? Yes. And what does it mean? And then what am I going to do? And so if you do something stem, something uh, uh, that, that was simple and you accomplish something, and then you go, yes, that felt good. And you pat yourself on the back, the dopamine release, the brain goes, okay, that dopamine release felt good. What happened just before that? Oh, I did something, let's do it again. Yes. And as simple as that sounds, as simple as that is, that is to me, One of the quickest ways of learning, you know, you can do it through repetition or you can do it through significant emotional event. And I say make that significant emotional event be the pleasure that you give yourself. And um, it works spectacular like that. Well, listen, I I could definitely go on and on. And I'm going to encourage everybody first pick up your book, uh, Thrive State. And how can they uh, get a hold of you? Because I'm gonna encourage everybody to uh, not not just pick the book up, but research this guy. And he really is making a difference in the world right now. And there's so much more. And so I have two questions for you. Number one, uh, can we do this again? Uh, you know, and and uh, and go even deeper. And then second question is, how does everybody reach you? How how can people get a hold of you? great question, Joseph, for you. I,
1: I, I can wrap forever, brother. So Thanks. yes, I am happy to do this again. And people could find me on my website, kienvu.com. That's K-I-E-N-V-U-U.com. I'm on Instagram and social media at kienvu.md. Uh, to find a copy of the book, they can go to thrivestatebook.com. And if you just want a little bit of a taste on epigenetics in terms of what we've talked about, there's a free gift. You could sign up. You get a free ebook where I talk about epigenetics and how you can actually use that power to change your, the trajectory of your health and that's at thrive to105..com. That's thriveto105.com.
0: Spectacular and all of that information will be in the description here and I want to say I told you guys, uh, and that here's a guy that not only you know knows his talk, but he walks his talk as well. And and he's all about helping other people do this as well. Ken, thank you so much. And uh, you know, one of the things kind of I like to wrap things up. Uh, what you've taught us. One of the things that you taught us is that there's hardware that comes along with us, uh, and that hardware is not it's hardware, but there's software. Uh, that we can adjust as well to make that hardware perform a certain way. And you certainly are providing people with ways to do that. I love your free gift. Thank you for everybody for for it. I'm gonna thank everybody. uh, Thank you for everybody. And uh, I look forward to talking to you again. And remember everybody, life is exactly what you dare to make it. And fortune favors the bold. And the trick to life is to always boldly step up and dare to make your life magnificent. Ken, thank you so much. And I'll see you at the top. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of The Cure for the Common Life podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions or comments or any topic ideas, you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at josephmcclendon.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you at the top.